Anyway, let's move on to our next guest. So um, I just thought this is the first time we've had anyone from Kent on the programme. Yeah. Um, so a big 98 not out welcome to former Kent and England batsman, now Sky Sports cricket commentator, Mr. Rob Key. Keezy, how are you? I'm good actually. I'm just that uh, my daughter's playing cricket. I'm just <clears throat> just watching that. Um, it's, and it's no, I'm good. Playing a bit of golf. Uh, good to see cricket back and health is good. It's all at this point touch wood going okay. Yeah. Is she batting bowling or uh, decent? She's down at fine leg at the moment. Um, more, it might actually. She's under thirteen, so you could probably describe it more as backstop. <laughs> um, <laughs> You were especially slip, though, weren't you? Uh, well, I was a mid-on because I couldn't concentrate. <laughs> slip. You said, well, people say, why didn't you like first slip? I said, because you had to watch the ball too much. <laughs> which I, I thought you had to do that all the time, to be fair. But um, no, she's like a backstop, I'd say. Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> so cricket's getting going again. Um, what can we, or what do you expect to see uh, between now and, let's say, October, when the season sort of slated to to go on to? Uh, well, the internet is quite a packed international calendar. We got the next Test match, the decider, then it's into the one days against Ireland, then Pakistan in a Test series, ODIs, Australia. So, so that's full on, and I'm hoping we see a bit of county cricket. I think we might see a bit of the blast. That would be good, mm-hmm. and a bit of four day cricket for the you know. But it, I just think that counties almost, you know, the ECB have to not worry too much about symmetrical scheduling, you know, so everyone plays everyone the same amount of times and it's all fair and it's just just go and play. You know, just have a game. However it is, if Essex, you know, Essex and Kent are near, you know, if it means they play twice because that's logistically much better, let them play so we just get to see some cricket. You know, and if you can get a few people in to watch, that would be fantastic as well. I mean, it'd be a bonus from thinking that considering we thought we'd get very little, yeah. um, county cricket in particular, but hopefully, uh, we'll, you know, we're not too far away from seeing some domestic cricket. That would be great. I think you're right, because we've just run through um, the Essex League cricket that was played last weekend, um, and they've taken the approach there of um, keeping teams that are geographically near to each other and ability-wise matched up. And I think it's probably the sensible way forward. I, th- I think this year, as you say, cricket fans aren't particularly bothered about seeing great matches or outstanding performance. They just want to see cricket being played again. And if it all comes down to local rivalry, as we know, there have been, there have been some fantastic games between Essex and Kent down the years, um, particularly T20. Uh, which I think yeah. Essex have won every single one. Is that? Is that? <laughs> I don't think that's. I'm not sure that's exactly true. I remember going down. I mean, even uh, Chelmsford for me. Hmm. That I mean, what do you call it? Fortress Chelmsford. It's exactly what it feels like when you yeah. turn up there. I mean, even the Eagle gets. Uh, people have a pop of the Eagle mascot <laughs> at Chelmsford. <laughs> and I remember them sort of going round the ground on the tannoy. Anyone swearing will be sent out. I let one through my legs and a whole chorus, the entire crowd sort of was swearing at me at one stage, <laughs> giving me a volley of abuse. Um, but it's also one of the great grounds. To, it's one of the experiences that you take away with you when you finish playing. You know, yeah. you, you remember those moments. You know, in footballers must have it all the time when you go to Liverpool or wherever else it is. Sellers you know, Park. That, and Chelm, Chelmsford was one of them where you just 
you know, it, it was it made you, you know, it was a great fun place to go and play and a very good pitch as well. I think you're right. I think when we've had players. Uh, on this show that from various counties and even various countries um, all have uh, fine words to say about uh, T20 nights at Chelmsford and I think you're right and you know it goes back quite a long way it's not a recent thing I can remember uh, watching Andrew Simons playing down there and he was brilliant because he was getting a volley from the crowd but he was giving it back in equal <laughs> measures uh, and it was brilliant because the whole thing ended up being really sort of good humoured and the steam was taken out of all of it um, and I think when the game finished, he sort of came down, was quite happy signing scorecards and posing for selfies <laughs> or whatever. Uh, and so, in, in that respect, everyone sort of went home with uh, with smiles on their faces. Yeah, yeah, you'd say, wouldn't you? I mean, Chelmsford has, along with Taunton, I think, has been the ground that that's got T Twenty right from the start. Mm. It's always, you know, it's not always been a great crowd at the Oval. The Oval does it brilliantly now. Yeah, but I've played at the Oval in front of you know two thousand people, whatever. Now it's twenty five thousand. Chelmsford and Taunton the same have done have just got it from from yeah. day one. They've got T twenty, and it, you know, and that's why we remember going and playing there. That's and often they call it the Battle of the Bridge. Where I was like, what are going to do with the bridge? <laughs> uh, who, wants, who wants a bridge? But anyway, you know, but I think it's a. You know, I think it, as a Kent player, it was often the decider as well, it seemed. They'd sort of work it out. So whether it was at Canterbury or, or Chelmsford, that Kent-Essex game was, was a chance to yeah. go through somewhere. Particularly it, when, we won, know, when we won the Div 2 title down at Canterbury. Well, and there was a year when the, the, the curse of <laughs> Grant Flower, one year when you beat us. We beat in the court in the semi-final of the T20. And Ravi Bopara is one of my best mates. <laughs> so Rav, you know, we have one over you there, and then at Essex it beat us in the CMG final at Lords, and then and Grant Flower got runs and got you home, and then in the Proof Forty, I think last game we had to try and win that, and, it, and Grant Flower did us again there. <laughs> you know, they, but they're always they're the games I remember. You know, I don't remember playing against a lot of counties, but I'll never forget. Essex <laughs> I might have, like I might have to apologise for that one because I, I sponsored Grant a pint for every run he scored in his last <laughs> season, and uh, I'm sure you, you, along with everyone, heard it cost me a few pints that year. <laughs> <laughs> You should do that with everyone. Uh, I'm not sure I could afford to again. <laughs> might, might have got away with it this summer. Now, Mark, uh, Mark Butcher said we've got to mention your new book out, because it's, I think, your second book, isn't it? Oi Key, Tales of a Journeyman Cricketer. Yeah, that's right, yeah. You don't have to mention that. Well, he, he went further and said, it's actually really good, but don't say that on air. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> no way Butcher's read it, but he's a good fella. Um, no, I think you're talking about it, too. Do you know why it's called Oi Key? No, go on. So in my test debut, one of Essex's favourite sons, probably after Ronnie and Ashley Cowan and Mark Isler and 50 other names, was Nasser. <laughs> and Nasser was a scary captain back then for us younger kids, Andrew Flintoff, people like that. And I'm sort of in the flips, and Nasser shouts out when I'm turning to Fred, my best mate, Freddie Flintoff, and he just shouts out, Oi, key, you fat so-and-so. <laughs> I didn't put you there to chat to your fat mate all day, concentrate you, you know, and he just <laughs> volleyed me from mid-off. Gangouli sort of looked at me laughing, and I'm thinking, oh, my God. 
<laughs> and Fred just turned around and said, don't drop one now, Bob. I said, no, you're not wrong there. <laughs> so yeah, I said to Nasser, I said, I'm going to call it Oikey, uh, you know. <laughs> and I didn't get away with the whole thing. But uh, now my big mate, Vlad, is... Um, yeah, the title of my book. Well, he's he's such a he's such a happy-go-lucky knockabout person <laughs> these days on Sky, isn't he? <laughs> he is one of my favourite. I have to say, he is one of my favourite people. I think in the world, and I never thought I'd say that when I was, <laughs> you know, a young twenty-three-year-old. But you know, he had a job to do. Now, he was a very, very good captain. Yeah, a very well, tough captain. I was I was a contemporary of his at club level. Uh, oh yeah, good luck with that. He must have thrown <laughs> his bat a bit, didn't he? <laughs> Yeah, he didn't mind the acerbic comment, you know. You've just, you've just got out to a ball that you couldn't do anything with. It managed to try and get out of the way of it, and, but yet yeah, managed to knuckle it to the wiki-keeper, and you trudge off and then just stood there on the boundaries, Mr Burns. And, <laughs> <laughs> and yes, uh, yeah, he doesn't use those words on the telly anymore, does he? No, he's a brilliant... He's a brilliant commentator, one of the best in the world. And he, you know, he's also, what I like about him is, is that, as you know, he's not one of those blokes who's going to have any small talk. So he'll sort of walk in that. Hmm. And you might not have seen him for a few weeks, although we're on WhatsApp all the time where he's abusing me. And he's all right, mate. But there's no, like, taxi driver. You know, when you get in a taxi and you're like, all right, mate, you've been busy tonight, you know, and you, you, you feel you have to talk for the next the duration yeah. of the journey. Yeah. NASA just won't say a word. No. You know, and then, there was one I said to him, you can't see a game of golf in Seven Oaks. And oh. he just went, don't like golf, don't like you, don't like Seven Oaks. So <laughs> fair enough. You know, and I, thought, I love him for that, really, I think. I think. When I was 23, I used to think he was being serious and just thought, oh, my God, you know, what's this like? like you know, and whereas now you sort of realise, and he... If I ask him for something, so like, he's so generous. You listen to NASA, because his word is, you know, he's a, one of the most, you know, he's one of the best pundits commentators in the world. But mm. what, he's very generous for us, especially me, he didn't play much international cricket. Where he'll say, oh, that point that Deasy made, or Rob Keady, or Nick Knight, or, you know, some of the lesser cricketers. Mm. He almost gives us validation at times. He's very generous like that, because he could just do it his own way. But he's very quick to praise people along the way, which he wasn't as a player. Well, next time you're on your WhatsApp group, can you point out to him that you've been on 98 Not Out, Charles Dagnall's been on 98 Not Out, Mark Butcher's been on 98 Not Out, Ebony Reigns from Brenton's been on 98 Not Out, and I keep asking him, I keep emailing him, and he chooses to ignore you. I can't knock the guy for that, Darren. Well, the thing is, you'll have to start, you know, you'd do anything for a pound note, wouldn't you? So maybe you just have to offer him some cash. Bro, what's, what's it been like, the transition from, you know, playing at a good level then to go into that sky? And uh, I mean, at the time, you've obviously worked with some really big names as well, really big names in cricket. Do you get intimidated or did you find it difficult at first? Not really, because I sort of think everything's, you know, cricket's a harder game. You know, cricket, come on, you know, Dave Masters can deck one back and do your first ball and you look like you're, you know, and it feels like the world's coming to an end. Whereas it's slightly different in commentary and that you're there to give an opinion and I sort of back my opinion, I suppose, on it. And, you know, no, and they're they're just good people. They make it easy um, with what I'm doing, I suppose. And I, I was, 
Yeah, I've always been very lucky. I did it for a long time. I always felt I did an apprenticeship with Sky because I, I could do it for sort of 10, 12 years before That's right. I actually retired. And also, I was with a guy today at my daughter's cricket called Alamgir Sheriar, who played a bit for Kent and Worcester, if you remember. Mm-hmm. And Sherry was a bowler. You know, he got 500, but he got sacked. And he didn't get to have his send-off. You know, he didn't get to do everything he wanted in the game. You know, I, when I retired, I was ready to retire. You know, I, I was done. I'd had a great, you know, I'd had not a great career, but I, for me, I'd enjoyed every minute of it. And I was ready to move on. Unlike, you know, Freddie Flint, I finished at 30 with lots more that he wanted to do. Um, so... You know, it, it was quite an easy transition, and I was very, very lucky to have this job with Sky. That it's, um, you know, that it's made it simple. You were quite. Um, I remember you being one of the first when they used to have um, a player or two mic'd up during T Twenty games, and you were always one of those that I remember being being on quite often, and and and, and often being really good value as well. So <laughs> I kind of think that's where. I mean, obviously. Um, you know, you, you have a certain reputation amongst your peers from, from those days anyway. But, um, you, you know, I think you seem to find it a very easy thing to do. It comes it comes very naturally to you. And even going back to those days of being an on-field sort of correspondent. Well, a lot of those... Yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the time when I was um, doing that, I, I'd been a pundit in the studio. You know, I started doing... I feel like I earned my corn at Sky with... You know, doing Bangladesh, New Zealand in the middle of the night, stuff like that. So yeah. then, you know, and a lot of the guys, the producers and stuff, were friends of mine. So when they asked me, I didn't really feel like I had a choice. And also, I, I sort of got early on with T Twenty in particular. I think cricketers, we think we're much more important than, than actually we are. You know, we're there oh, to yeah. try and oh, yeah. have a bit of fun and entertain. And any insight you learn—that's why I learned now on the other side of the fence. Any insight into what you're doing is is great to see. I love watching these documentaries, you know, whether it's on Man City with Guardiola, anything in from that, like the inner sanctum. Yeah. It's great insight, and I think we need people to be playing cricket, loving cricket. So the more of that you can give, the more fun you can look like you're having, then hopefully the more people want to play it, which will mean the game survives. What did you think of the, the Aussie one, the test? It was amazing. I mean, I like Justin Langer a lot, hmm. and he doesn't didn't surprise me in that at all. And I've seen so many coaches like Justin Langer. You know, they're so intense in a way. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly. You know, we all think that once you, uh, there's some of it we just see really. You know, when he's kicking the bin, you know, <laughs> and he's making them all watch that when they lost the game, like a naughty boy video session. But I've been in so many meetings like that. I've been with so many coaches. I've seen bottles fly across my face as the last wicket goes down and stuff. And, you know, I thought it's just so typical of what a cricket dressing room is. And everyone thinks it's this, especially at international level, it's this, you know, where they've got the, the secrets to everything. You know, it's like you're going to, here you're going to find out. But what you realise is they speak as much nonsense as everyone else. <laughs> yeah, the Fergie factor. Absolutely, all of that, you know, it's just it's just exactly what a dressing room's like. I've, I've had all those meetings, you know, where a coach tells you you need to bat for your life, a coach tells you you need to play without fear, all of this stuff, and you're just like, just let me get on with it. <laughs> and then you go out, you get a duck and walk back and think, how am I going to face this? <laughs> I know, exactly, and you, you, you just, you know, it's, it, I thought it was great access. That bit when 
Steve Smith walks in when he gets hit by Joffre Archer. Oh, I was there. I was I mean, in the long room. Oh, I mean, to get to see into that dressing room. And then that's exactly what, you know, every cricket dressing room is like at that level, from what I can remember. You know, and it's just, you know, the, those Lord's dressing rooms as well. I mean, what fantastic insight. Mm. Indeed. Rob, thanks for your time, and uh, hopefully we'll all catch up soon now. We might be allowed in some cricket grounds, <laughs> yeah. you never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll catch up at the ground soon. <laughs> Cheers, Rob. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Bye. Bye.